Welcome, I'm sitting here with Bobby with Moontown as well as Cody, head brewer here at Moontown. And uh, this is a fantastic facility, guys. Thanks for Thank sitting you. down. Appreciate you doing this. Absolutely. Happy to start off with a cheers, man. Absolutely. Thanks for reaching out. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Yeah, everybody has been in the bar business. Got to do one for the bar, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, one of my favorite uh, jump-off points within these discussions is origin story. And you guys have a pretty unique one here, obviously with the facility and the attachment to Whitestown. But for those that may be unfamiliar of your operation here, uh, within Moontown, kind of tell my audience how you guys got started. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the it began with home brewing, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Uh, my dad was an avid home brewer when I was in high school. I guess both of us were in high school at the time. And, uh, well, he was an avid into beer. Then he quickly got into uh, home brewing. And the first beer he ever made was King of Troy, which is now our mm. house lager. Um, and he en entered it into the uh, state fair. And got a 45 out of 50. That was first ever beer he entered. And uh, he was like, I think I'm pretty decent at this. Um, <laughs> Still didn't stiff, medal, though. right? He didn't though, get a medal. It, That's yeah. right. He didn't get a medal. Almost a perfect score, but no medal. And just like, what? Um, but he's an engineer. He's kind of got that mind. And uh, he just kind of took it from there. So even in, in high school, I found myself helping him out, you know, dumping wheelbarrows of spent grain out in the, out in the backyard. And... Uh, it really just picked up from there. I mean, that started the love of beer. Um, there was always good craft beer in the house, you know, on top of his homebrew. Um, and then in college, met Cody, and, and uh, he had a love for, for craft beer as well. But it really took off from there, and we went separate ways, and it kind of circled back. And uh, Yeah, I always like to tell it that, like, it's, it's like two threads almost, really, because you've got um, – Pat, Pat, Bobby's brother, mm -hmm. uh, and he and I went to school together uh, at, at college, and that's where, like, I, Pete lent us his first system, which was, like, a five-gallon pot. Stove and just top, yeah. Real, real rudimentary, and, yep. uh, but we were into craft beer already, and then Pat's one day, like, you want to make beer? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Uh, first batch took off and was great. Um, you know, we finished college, went separate ways. I pursued a career in health and wellness out in Arizona. Um, loved what I did, but still was digging this hobby, got into uh, um, Ash, which was the Arizona Society of Homebrewers, one of the largest homebrew clubs at the time, and a lot of older people, I was like young as can be walking in there, and pretty intimidated, but uh, met some cool people, and again, kept driving the craft that way, started knocking on doors, and then finally got a job uh, with a uh, with Gordon Biersch, um, I, 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 and uh, no longer around, unfortunately, yeah. but used to be one of the foremost brew pub chains in the time, so while that's going on, um, I, so I finally, again, that was years in the making, and I'd been, I mean, shoot, I'd been out in Arizona already about like six years at that time, so just doing the health and wellness thing, but still always pursuing craft on the side, uh, and then I finally got my foot in the door as an assistant, which was great. So I kept my full-time job and was assisting for, for a while. Meanwhile, uh, and that's, I think, like, again, the other side of it, yeah. Bobby came back from Florida, and I'm, I'm not getting the timelines exactly right, but... Um, I'll let you tell yourself. Yeah, no, that. I, I, mean, I uh, that, it's because it's there were two. Th it's it's like these seeds were planted long time ago. Bobby's got that, you know, early days of helping Pete out in the barn brewing, come full circle to come back and be like, and I'll let him tell that part about yeah. being like getting into it. <laughs> I and he had planted seeds unknowingly in me long ago after I home brewed, and then uh, you know, starting with Pat at, in college, 
and then I pursued it professionally that way. So I'll let you take that. Yeah, like, it's funny too because uh, I studied exercise science in college as well. We both have the health and wellness backgrounds, but still into uh, wellness. Yep. <laughs> towards the end, I started working Cheers. at bars and restaurants in Bloomington, and and kind of got that. Started getting that experience and did a lot of that in my 20s. I dabbled a little bit in construction management. That's what my family's in. Um, but yeah, when I, I was doing that in Florida, and when I moved back, I just said to my dad, I said, hey, uh, I hate construction, to be honest with you, but I want to take this brewing to another level. I'm starting to get that, um, that restaurant experience and kind of that service industry experience. Um, mm-hmm. But I had this love for craft beer and um, just expanded our home brewery up to a full barrel pretty quickly, um, developed a lot of recipes, and, and before we knew it, we were winning the Whitestown homebrew competition and met some people that showed us this uh, beautiful spot, and, and uh, Cody was getting hit, you know. I had moved on at that point. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. running uh, individual spot brew pub in Kansas City at that time. So I'd worked as an assistant for almost that entire time, probably like one, well, a year and a half, almost two years as an assistant under a guy that was – 15-year vet, Gary Fritzy, um, really well-knowledgeable. Had worked in some other big places, but had been 15 years at uh, Gordon Beers at that time already. So I couldn't have got a better teacher. Guy went to school for it, too, so mm-hmm. I did not. Uh, I was home brewer and then just very interested, passionate, and I, I, I still say to this day, right place, right time. I think sure. we needed each other in that way. I mean, he didn't need me, but I, I was a great worker. <laughs> he didn't need me, but yeah, uh, I, I learned a lot. It was a great, great bonding and learning experience. And then, yeah, I went on to Kansas, and that was the whole thing. They were training, their model was to train guys up like myself and then put you somewhere if they needed you in maybe a new location. So they sent me off to Kansas City to run that, uh, that facility because they were really, those models were brew pub centrally located in bigger cities where they were trying to do with little restaurants around and then so the one production facility would make all the beer for those other like we had three restaurants in phoenix supplied off the one so um kansas city only had two the existing one with a brew pub brewery brew pub was at and then another restaurant um but did that for like a year and a half and then that's when like he hit this whitestown thing the, the ball because again it's like that thing you we talked about for years yeah. oh, let's, let's we stayed in touch that whole time yeah um, and just the right things happened Fell at the right the time mm-hmm. you know he was getting that professional experience um, and I was getting the kind of the restaurant management experience needed because we mm-hmm. are a full from scratch restaurant too. Um, and it just kind of fell into place. And here we are almost four years four old years now. now yeah. So. yeah, it's fantastic, man. I, I love this old gym aesthetic that you guys have in this mm-hmm. place. And it's a really unique space that you can actually have like a, a big beer hall uh, yeah. with respect to that. Now, one of the things I also like about this space mm-hmm. is Creativity is a hallmark of the craft brew universe, and that's always emblematic in the names of the beer. Obviously, I'm drinking the Czech, but uh, what goes into coming up with the names of your beer, man? Everybody's got a unique story on how they do it. So, so what's yours? So we, we create storyboards, and we write out, like, it's like, what is it, 2550 yet? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fucking around. We don't, no, we... Uh, I've got a list in my phone though, actually, and he, and he does too. Like, we'll keep them. Like, if we're out drinking or like, you know, just hanging out, we're like, beer name. Yep. Write that down. Other times, we'll make a beer, and then we're like, man, we got to call this something. Yeah. Um, kind of good example is this this anniversary beer we got coming out. That's really awesome. Out of very like, probably the most local centric beer we've done. We most of our beers are very almost all Indiana uh, Sugar Creek malt anyway. Mm-hmm. Like the vast majority of the profile is. Uh, we specialize and get specialty malt from Germany, Belgium, wherever. You know, we're going to make a specialty beer, but 
that silo outside is filled with Sugar Creek right in, out of Lebanon. So, but this is like this beer that we're doing. We had no name for it. Yeah. Anniversary's coming up, and he's like, anniversary beer. I'm like, perfect, because we did. We had some. I had like there, there could have been a couple beers, but we're like, oh, we need an Annie Four. And then instead of like trying to come up with like what are we gonna call this beer? And but I, we are kicking around some funny ones anyway. But uh, yeah, it's 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 you yeah. Know, a lot of the names of beers uh, started in home brewing, so we had. Yeah, there's carryover. Uh, we already had some beers yeah. with names like King of Troy was a, a beer my my dad named early mm-hmm. on. Uh, his a lot of his relatives are from Troy, Indiana, down southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Cecil's named after my grandfather. That's our flagship IPA. Um, but most of our beers, the best beer names I think we come up with are, are over beers when we're drinking, when we're you know when we're clowning, when we're talking. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic uh, process. Coming yeah. to uh, coming to <laughs> realizations, you know. So like one of our. And we're, we're hippies at heart. So one of our double IPAs is called, we came to a realization one day, a heady realization. Perfect. That's our That's double IPA name, name heady nice. realization. That's one of our top beers we make. So yeah. um, it's all pretty organic. It just kind of, a lot of them come to us. Um, we ask staff quite a bit uh, to help us with names. But, yeah, we try not to be too, we don't try to force it. Yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Now, I always like to ask this question because for me, the first craft beer that, that hooked me, um, and people have heard me say it on the podcast numerous times, was Fat Tire. You know, I was in college at that time. You're a broke college kid. You're just drinking the cheapest. I remember going to a cash and carry and getting a 24-pack of Natty Light for thirteen ninety nine. I mean, that's right up the college budget. But then <laughs> I, I try this Fat Tire, and I'm like, oh, what is that? Yeah. And then that leads to, like, a Newcastle and some yeah. of the Sam stuff. But yeah. obviously, Bobby, you came from a unique background where your family was already brewing, so maybe for you sure. got an early taste of that. But what was, the, what was the first craft brew that hooked you to say, hey, maybe this is going to be more of my life? So uh, it was awesome having an older brother, although when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have said the same thing. <laughs> uh, I love my brother to death, but yeah, he was four years older than me, but he was always right. The, the age gap was such that he was, he was a senior in high school and I was a freshman, so I kind of saw it. Not that I leaned, leaned on him too much, and he definitely let me do my own thing, which was, I think, good for both of us probably. But having said that, he had beer before, and so when I was finally starting to dabble with, with alcohol and whatnot, uh, there was there was access to, again, premium beverage rather than the natty yeah. stuff, and I don't know what, I should ask him what got him into the dark stuff early. Um, the, the beer was um, Goose Island, of mm. oatmeal stout and I hate it I was like bah! and I told myself that same day I'm like I'm gonna learn to appreciate this beer and again I don't know being a teenager uh, I don't I don't really know what made me want to do that after that beer uh, I mean because I wanted to thought my brother was cool and maybe I was yeah. like dude I want to be cool. another shot yeah and so uh, it was goose I yeah, it was an oatmeal stout and it's actually it's one of the reasons why I chose into the void today uh, this was the beer that his brother Pat and I made in college still so we've kept that going and it was I was dark beer drinker first and um Guinness extra stout used to be my like six pack someone's like liquor run I'm like give me that (laughs) so uh it was dark stuff and then um yeah that yeah that was he going I followed him to school too I didn't actually follow him but he went to Purdue I happened to go to Purdue as well and then um he was there still senior year when I I got in as a freshman and so uh again access to the plentiful liquor store and Mm -hmm. back then it was like rogue stone you talk about Sam Smith's, absolutely. Um, other than obviously Three Floyds, which were spoiled Indiana boys, have access to that all the time. Yeah, their whole lives growing up. But uh, 
it's cool. There, there was still a limited, but it was neat. Uh, Alesmith, I'm thinking Ballast Point before they were what they were. Yeah, like, yeah. These are all like pre Anheuser Busch acquisitions. It's, it's right? really cool. And, and but that's like there was all this access, and so that's like that's what was always driving my passion still. So that's like when Pat asked an opportunity like, "Let's brew." I'm like, I, I love this. I would have never thought uh, be doing. I mean, I would never have thought this. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Craft beer was ingrained in my head early. Yeah. Um, but my dad always had really good beer in the fridge, you know, and uh, so I was a hophead early on, probably way earlier than most of, of my friends. Uh, Two Hearted and Alpha King. I always yeah. tell people, I mean, those were those were always in our fridge. Um, once I got to a, an, an age enough, my dad was cool with me stealing them out of the fridge. That that's what I was that's what I was sipping on. So I'm a hophead at heart, and those are the those are the two that really got me into craft beer for sure so like going to the college parties yeah i had my natty lights but i also had a six pack usually a two-hearted or something and feel like what is that I'm like this is all i need i'm good you know so uh, you mentioned you mentioned three floyds there because i always ask like you know especially the guys that run the operations here in indiana if you had to drink any other beer from an operator outside of your own who would it be and why and you've kind of already alluded mm-hmm. to some of three floyd stuff i mean when i was wholesaling i used to come through munster on my trips yeah. down from chicago yeah on a Wednesday just so I could time zombie dust coming out, oh, right? So, yeah. Because uh, I, I did know a liquor store owner where I'm at in Noblesville. He's since sold, but he would save a six-pack for me yeah, yeah. every now and again because he knew I'd be on the road. So it's funny. You make good friends in the in the business. They yeah, kind of reward yeah. you for, for loyalty, Absolutely. right? I'm sure but, you get three Floyds a lot, but, I mean, I can't deny it. That, that was an inspiration for me, no doubt. Um, Gumball Head, Alpha King, Zombie Dust, of course. Mm-hmm. Um I guess some of the newer breweries that I'm into. I love, I love the guys that deviate. I always like to give them props. Uh, they were home brewing when we were, and kind of we got to know them before they mm. opened up, and they they inspired us a little bit because they opened up before us. Um, so it was cool to see what they did. Nice. Um, don't get out as much. Uh, I used to be really into 18th Street, so I'd always make my rounds, go up to Three Floyds, hit 18th Street, and then come back down. Uh, Indianapolis beers, man. I feel bad. I just don't get to check out what I what I used to. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny when you when you're doing this, you don't really drink other people's beer. So yeah, uh, Moon Town sure. is certainly my my favorite, but <laughs> as well it should be. Yeah. Came up with a great idea though, and where we got it in the calendars, um, we're going to make that plan. Because the other thing is, yeah, you know, him and I being uh, owner operators and everything. I mean, even if we. <laughs> Aside from being that, like just being operating this business, any business, mm-hmm. it takes a lot. Right. So add that extra piece on there of our roles that we do independently, but then have the ownership piece on top of that. And so it's it's very convoluted. It's, it's, it's a lot, right? So again, not getting time away. Mm-hmm. We both live in Whitestown and close on purpose. <laughs> um, yep. And I always joke, like, I don't even drive a car anymore. I don't. I'm walkable. But like, mm. so... <laughs> Uh, we have made plans to go tour and try and align with the other breweries in the state and hit them. Like, cause like there's a bunch of new ones, obviously that are opening up all the time. Yeah. But even then still like craft beers, always that camaraderie. And I, I don't know a lot of these other brewers, even face to face and shaking hands name. And I, and we want to do that. So we're trying to make an effort to go do the rounds. He booked it. So we're making some, we're making like some time. Hit the regions out. of Indiana. Go nice. northeast. Go go south. Go northwest. And then hit Indi- Indianapolis. You know, um, try all these beers. Talk to them. You know? Yeah, there's well, a lot of inspiration to be gathered there. You yeah, know? and that's that's what we want to do. Well, I love what, I, and I 
think I saw you guys at the uh, the Pax Way Out Fest because mm-hmm. um, Lapel's not that far from where I'm at in Noblesville, and I love what those guys and, are doing and too. That's Colts a good one to got some up. crazy stuff, and there was some interesting concoctions there. I think uh, Field had like a, a dill pickle one, and I yeah. told Ryan I actually loved it, uh, <laughs> and then and then Anthony and some of the guys at Terre Haute they had some crazy stuff, and I think they ended up winning that thing. But you guys were there, and I don't know if that was that was your dad. Oh, we sent my dad yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, your dad was so he, over there. Yeah. yeah. He's still in it, man. You know, he, he <laughs> yeah. contributes where he can. You know? Very good. Well, you know, as it pertains to this place here, did you guys draw any inspiration from other breweries that you had been to as far as the aesthetic goes to kind of have to fill out this gymnasium here? Uh, definitely. We, uh, so I, I developed a love for Vermont beer, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially being a, being a hophead. I, I had to go out and, and get some heady topper. You know, I had to go. I had to go to the source, try some Vermont beer, and uh, one of the main things that inspired me there, aside from just the incredibly delicious IPAs they, they do out there, um, were the, the faucets, the taps they were using. So we got all these, they all, all were using these roto, crazy roto taps. I was like, what are these things? And I, I learned that they were for wine, they, they were developed hmm. for wine, like draft wine. Um, but then, of course, the, the heady brewers over in Vermont figured out <laughs> these things work pretty well for, for beer. So that was something we had to have here. Mm. Um, we believe they're the, they're the very best you can get as far as pouring draft beer. Um, that was a quick little inspiration, but uh, did a pilgrimage there, had to. Uh, made Cody go come with me, too. We did it again and brought Cody with us and uh, it was just had a, had a blast out there. But, again, anything hoppy I used to. It's funny we're all drinking non-hoppy beers, but uh, <laughs> well, next round your palate is all hoppy. You know, but uh, Russian River too, um, what they did with um, Pliny the Elder, that was always one one to go out and check out. So went out there and uh, I don't know, the vibes are just cool, man. And yeah. we wanted to we wanted to try to make our own. We have we feel like we have a really good vibe here, really good neighborhood vibe. So I think inspiration there. Um, just going to these these spots and you're like man you can tell the neighborhood really really supports them mm-hmm. and for me that's what I, I really wanted to do and i think cody would agree with that too but yeah man gotta have the right faucets to pour that beer mm-hmm. get the right right beer experience if you're familiar with mcminimans at all in the pacific northwest so when they called and told me they had a whole high school gymnasium and i was like oh yeah do tell mm. um they the mcminimans brothers have restored historic schoolhouses mm-hmm. theaters uh it is mainly i think like schools and stuff but they've turned them into breweries brew pubs hotels mm-hmm. uh it's all old stuff and they've done, yeah i have i still have, i've been out to uh portland one time but i did not I, we actually walked right by a mcminnon's bottle shop this is a bottle shop i should have probably still went in um shame on me we're going, <laughs> we're going for donuts <laughs> blue star i think or whatever the other one is they're not voodoo's but anyway um yeah being able to be, uh, being Indiana boys, and this is Bobby's backyard. I'm, I'm from the Mishawaka area originally, mm-hmm. um, but it was cool as can be to be doing high school basketball gymnasium, renovating a space that was defunct. I mean, it was four walls. It was a shell when mm-hmm. we got it. Um, it had been numerous businesses, but by the time we got our hands on it, uh, and I still wish I would have got to see it when it was at its total grunge. By the time I saw it, <laughs> they had done a lot of work already and the floors were torn up. I got to see it pretty early still, but 
one of the things was we didn't want to t- we didn't want to alter the space as much as we could, and we yeah. haven't still. And that was again the aesthetic. It like it breathes the life that it still is. We it one of the coolest things is the um, people that played went to school here, taught here, come through still, and they'll sign some of the old photographs we have. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's awesome. That's the coolest thing for me to see, like that. Yeah. Have them come in and get to eat a meal. Like uh, it's just neat. This bill. I don't know what they would have done had we not moved in. Uh, I, I couldn't have been more ecstatic when they were like, I got this building, you know, and this is what we're going to do. Because all it is put the partition wall up, I mean, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are other things, but otherwise, yeah. And um, he said it right away. I mean, I think that's what a brewery is. It's a community space. And so <clears throat> that was part of the brew pub model as well. If not, like, everyone wanted to do tap room. I think that was the, you get, it's still funny when you talk because, like, things move so fast, especially in, like, craft beer right now. I mean, everything does. But craft beer was just ripping. And when we're having these conversations, like you, you talk in conversation, four years, the models changed already because at that time oh, yeah. it was just these like big production facilities with like rinketing tap rooms, pouring beer. And I was like, I'm not into that. And then, granted, I came from heavy brew pub, but again, back to like wanting to be community space, wanting that feel, wanting more like warm and let's, let's hang out, let's talk, let's be a place that you do, do that at rather than feeling too um, uh, just like all metal and like cold i guess yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's fine i love tap rooms i'm not dogging yeah. on the model or anything like that it just wasn't for uh, like that like that's you were asking about like just the inspiration and the aesthetic and yeah we wanted to make a cool space to come hang out and have awesome beer and food and just have a great time and so all the individual brew pubs that we've been to i still have not got to grace the ground of uh sierra nevada but i you know people like that still just doing epic things and that that's always inspiring i mean they still are pioneers and it's like and a lot of the great ones are our destinations right, right? so yeah that's what we knew we had here and we, we had we had to make sure we made this place a destination um mm. and that's that's something that's evolved a lot over the years but we have the restaurant we have the the tap room or beer hall that we're sitting in right now we have the music venue you know yeah. so uh Things again yeah. that we wanted to do. That's another good point to say the music venue because again we're very passionate into that. Yeah, and it's a lot to undertake, mm-hmm. but um, we wanted to pull it off. And, and again, I, I, you know, things are going. It's good. We made it through the whole COVID disaster, thankfully to our community again for supporting us. No doubt. But um, yeah, we wanted to be a place for live music too, and like yeah. we love that beer hall experience. And that was it was just again the building lent itself to these things. Just oh like, for sure okay, yeah. let's uh we this this we can do these things here we think rather than just being just a brewery or right. just a restaurant yep uh it's it's cool um that's big man that's yeah. that's big i mean when it pertains to you know you guys obviously have both have a home brewing background you spent time in various operators whether it's gordon Birch or you know some of the restaurants you worked in florida bobby but is being an owner operator different than you thought it would be <laughs> and I, when I speak with business owners all the time in my day to day, you know, it's, it starts off as a passion, but then you realize that, Hey, if I'm in the beer business, I'm a manufacturer, right? So mm-hmm. is being an owner operator different than you thought it'd be given your backgrounds. I think getting to work with this guy, uh, you know, we, unfortunately we work very separate a lot just because like I gotta be in here and I'm grinding here and he's got running the whole other side of things, which if that's not going, yeah. And I'm, I'm doing yeah. all this for nothing because it's not going anywhere, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, but, it, but we align so well in so many things that way that, like, it, it couldn't be better that way to, to know that someone else has got that side and, like, be able to do it. But it is, mm-hmm. I think, the passion there. And, I, and we're both very passionate. I, 
it drives me nuts sometimes because there's just so much more that I want to get done with him and we want to do and it's like there's not, not, there's not hours in the day yeah. and, and, and uh, I think I set myself up for good expectations but it turned into a lot more like one funny thing was we talked we talked about doing a 10 barrel system initially it was like our initial plan and then we yeah. talked I'm like guys and just the way the market was going at the time I'm like I'm going to go to 15 and we're like oh man it's a price increase of course and we did that, and I still, there's, looking back still, I already, in hindsight, like, should have done this, should have done this. Probably should have done 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, having, having done that, though, uh, I thought I was going to have my feet up with 15 barrels. Yeah, right. Yeah. My feet hurt. <laughs> well, it's, a te- it's a testament to the quality, right? I mean, right. the beer here, we believe, and, and a lot of people believe, too, the beer is great. So, um, I guess for me, I, I don't. I think it actually what it it was what I expected. What it's really how much can you handle, right? I mean, how yeah. how much can you take on before you got to be like, all right, we need we need some help, you know? And and uh, he he alluded to it's like there's a lot more you want to do. We've done so much, you know. We've we've we really have in the last four years. Absolutely, that's, which that's you guys have accomplished is no yeah. small feat, man. It's hard. Pretty to small staff, like still looking at that too. It's like we. Yeah. No wonder we were like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I'll have another so, beer, please. It's just kind of figuring out what works, you know, and, yeah. and uh, we like what we're doing right now. So Fantastic. Well, this is one of my favorite questions to ask, especially for those that had a homebrewing background. So obviously your taps are your successes, right? But when you're tinkers or mad scientists, you always want to try different things. So give me a fun story around something that maybe looked good on paper, but when it came out, it was just dead on arrival and was a, a failure. But sometimes failures can be brainstorms for something that's flavorful and ends up becoming on your lineup. So for sure. what's the story and background on something that went awry for you guys? You got any homebrew ones? Oh, I- man. Well, the first, the first uh, I did a, in college, I did a, like a Mr. Beer kit. Oh, and I fermented it in my closet. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I was real excited about it. And, and uh, we had a, you know, we had a house party or something. And I was like, I just made this beer. I think it was just a pale ale or something. Yeah. And this thing, we all, we drank all of it. It tasted like shit. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely yes, terrible. Yes, this is what I'm trying to uncover. Yeah. I knew nothing about fermentation, anything like that. I just, I just followed the kid, threw it all in this plastic yeah. carboy fermenter, you know, and let it sit. And so I was like, we're having this party. I got free beer, you know. I made this. Everybody drank it, and the next day, people were hitting me up like, Hey man, I can't. <laughs> no way. I'm running, I'm running to the bathroom. You know, no like, oh, yeah. way. Oh, yeah. And uh, believe it or not, I did it again. Same thing. <laughs> Mr. Beer Kid. I've tried to make some other beer. Same exact thing, man. I ruined everybody. And that was. Uh, that's wild. Yeah, that was a little discouraging. And that's when I was like, that was when I was like, I think, uh, I think I'm gonna have the old man help me out here. I don't yeah. think I can do this on my own. So I made sure he taught me a lot more about it. Um, yeah, it, oh man, that was that's that's one early on. You've done a lot more, a lot more brewing than me, so. Well, uh, the uh, professionally, knock on wood again. Um, I was gonna do try to razz you again and be like, we actually had to dump the first fifteen brews we had in here. They're about to fire me and say we we're cut the partnership or you're out. But now I, uh, we we've I've been very lucky that again. I had a really stringent. Uh, my training was very stringent, and I still. Keep, I hold myself to a hard, hard standard. Um, but homebrewing, 
I can share there. I mean, well, and again, even now, we will put beers out. I'll give you an ex- I'll give you a story. So the uh, chocolate into the chocolate peanut butter void, which is our into the void that we've we'll do variants of every once mm-hmm. in a while and do little tweaks, add some flavor to it, something different than just the beer. So we're very like traditional. We like yeah. making beer true just to the not that we follow around Heinz Cabot, but yeah, we keep things to just the ingredients pretty much a lot of the time because I think you make great beer doing that. Anyway make this chocolate peanut butter void and I felt like I kind of rushed myself getting it out for us and I was just not happy. I, service day I was like and but again always worst critic my own worst critic a lot of the beers like we'll put out maybe the first time or something and I'll be like for me it didn't hit you know maybe it's a seven still in my book out of ten but it was not a ten as that beer aged and got better I like really was happy with it by the end so I, I'm very hard on myself there's some beers that like again first round Maybe it didn't hit all the marks what we were going for, but subsequent brews, oh, hone that in and tighten it up. Home brewing, though, this is before the advent of back to peanut butter. It's funny I chose to tell that recent one. This is before like PB2 has existed, dehydrated peanut butter, uh-huh. if you're familiar. A lot of brewers use that or peanut flour these days. Uh, it was not available, and all the research I could do online had said, don't put peanut butter in your beer. The oil is bad for you. Everything said no, no, no oil, no fat. You can't do that. And I, I knew better. So I got the natural stuff from the store. I'm just like, I'm gonna go for it. Let it all separate out like it does, all that oil, pour yeah. all the oil off. <clears throat> did, I've heard guys that do that for weeks. I did that. Got a bunch of peanut butter put in a beer. Woo. That thing, I, I don't know if I still have, I think I finally dumped the last, I was like still holding bottles. I mean, this is like, you're old now, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, uh, that did not work. Now, uh, the, like everyone says, oil will kill your head retention, so the beer would like fizz up and foam real quick and then die down. That the sugar and the peanut butter drove up the alcohol in the beer so it was super like harsh and like alcoholic uh yeah that was that was probably the biggest miss but i knew it was a miss going into it like i could see during fermentation there was an oil slick on top of the carboy and i was like this isn't working uh saw it all the way through bottled it up but yeah that was horrible um i mean again someone might drink that it's like you're at like a college level you're like well yeah. it's hooch. you're like probably 10 percent there you go the good uh, thing for us is like <laughs> when we started moontown like we we knew that there's a there's a real jump from home brewing. Even if you're the best home brewer there is, there's a serious jump from that to excuse me to this. Um, so we we kept in contact with Cody and we knew that he was getting that that training that was necessary to kind of hit the ground running. So gotcha. um, lucky for us and I guess smart for us too was making sure we had somebody that knew what the heck he was doing. You know and um, so. Uh, obviously, I would say our beers continually just keep getting better. Um, there was a learning curve for sure, but, I mean, our beer was pretty damn good right off the bat. Yeah, there's. So, uh, I was listening to a brew podcast the other day, and the guy said it, and even this was Vinny Salerzo of Russian River quoting it, but, um, you know, take people, most brewers, like a year or so anyway to get really honed in on your, because, like, matter. I mean, it's, it's Vinny Salerzo. You're talking, like, that. You, you, you go to a new brew house at things are different it might be specked out to the way your last one was or whatever but um you learn what your boil volume can be what the louder ton can handle what you know what grist you need, like so many variables and these guys are talking what was funny because this guy was like gypsy brewing and, and it's good it's like phenomenal like how can you do that in a way and i'm always fascinated too guys that do this i'm like there's no way but they're making good beer yeah or, or is it just marketed well and they're selling it that way <laughs> we also like we worked closely with him and we wanted to make sure he would be comfortable brewing uh, in here right off the bat. So we got a system very, very similar to what he had been trained on. 
So again, we wanted to we wanted to eliminate that learning curve. Specific mechanical. Yeah, I guess I'm wearing <laughs> there you the go. shirt. Yeah, yeah, sick wrap. Yeah. Good go. dudes up there in yeah. Canada. <laughs> Canadian mill systems. Good dudes do, up yeah. in Canada. <laughs> solid for sure. All right, one of my uh, one of the questions I always or try to educate my clients in my day to day is that I try to tell them that there's just four challenges to kind of creating spendable wealth. That's what I call it, spendable wealth, right? Because I want you to be able to spend it and live the yeah. life that you want, right? So um, the first one of those challenges is just get lack of organization, right? So just getting organized. As it pertains to what you guys are developing here at Moontown, what are, what's a challenge that you guys are facing here? Maybe it's coming out of the year that we just did with the craziness, but maybe it's some unique challenge that uh, has come about just at the start of 2022. What's something that you guys are facing a challenge that you're looking to overcome this year? Uh, I think for, for me, the biggest challenge, um, and really it, it started kind of before COVID, but during it is, is staffing. Um, we, we have a really awesome core staff, um, many that we've had since we, since we opened. Um, but you know, you know, the challenge is, is burnout, you know, um, we continually get busier. Uh, we continually do more. We continually ask more of ourselves and our staff. Um, so it's always trying to find good people to bring in to uh, to eliminate burnout in our staff, in our yeah. kitchen, and our in our front of house. So that's been a continued challenge the last couple of years, and I, it, there's no doubt it's going to continue this year. Um, on top of having plans to have yet again our busiest year yet. So uh, continuous challenge there for sure. Yeah. Um... I would I would double on that. I mean, uh, because again, it's all the things we want to do. And I know we were speaking off camera about simplicity, and that's I was going to kind of laugh about that. It's, again, the challenge is doing that. Like, how can we simplify things? How can we do that? But most of it all goes back down to getting more people to take on other roles, so people aren't juggling so many balls sure. all together. We have been so fortunate with the people we have, no doubt, uh, being able to make this place run. Uh, we just recently had our employee appreciation party. And, you know, sharing that sentiment with them all because we know, we know we could, like, it's funny how much we look back and get see what we get done for our set, like, get done for the business. Um, and then what we're asking others for and then and to try and beat so people don't get burnout, you got to have that balance. So people aren't feeling like they're like, oh, man, I'm always, but we have, it's where we're at and it's where, where society's at right now. Sure. And, um, yeah. Again, us trying to be really solid. That, that's something else. You know, there was, uh, we, we went through our um, different changes to the industry. And if you are if you were unaware, um, Me Too kind of had a whole swing through craft beer as well and did a lot of cleaning of house and righting wrongs. Uh, like I always like to say, they probably didn't get everything, but um, there was a lot it's of shakeups. Yeah. yeah, and again, I would like to, I hope, we try to be really good owners that way and treat our staff very fairly. And again, we, we need just that it's lifeblood of anything, right? It's people, mm -hmm. always people. So, um, I hope that we're already doing a great job and we, we, we look for other ways to improve that employee experience. And again, I mean, like, I hate even talking like, again, it's a, it's community this is our Moontown community itself, yeah. uh, beyond the community that supports us, but we have that in here. Um, yeah, it's because again, we're just trying. We do so many things, and we we want to do so much more. Uh, and we have passionate people who just we're driven, and uh, you, you need need more hands. For sure. Uh, 
challenges otherwise, I, it is it's just honing. I think we're to that point. Like we just getting out of all the mess, um, and and having this last year, which we're, which we we're, you know we've been able to review and going over things, and he and I are making plans. It's uh, it's figuring out how to simplify those things and some, and. Um, you, we were also talking about the simplicity and uh, your book, uh, Ask the Why, it made me think a lot of, we talk about Stephen Covey quite a bit, and so there's like the seven habits always, and I'll always be like, sure. seek, to, seek to understand, you know, yeah, talk yeah. about that, and then also the, the seventh one, which is always sharpening the stone, and I'm always hard on that one, it's like, always better, always working on getting that, that knife edge a little sharper every day, mm-hmm. and, and what cool, yeah, the place is running great, and it is, mm-hmm. what, can we, what can we improve on today? Yeah. Like I was saying before, I know I know it's hard on a lot of people. It's, it's driving, it's driving all the time. But you, you like to keep growing to do those things, uh, growing in other like it's just keep working, you know. And it's fun. There's so much to do, <laughs> <laughs> as if we need more. But like you know, so I, I think it is. It's 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 working on simplifying processes, smoothing things out, getting getting other passionate people that want to carry on this torch with us. Mm-hmm. And drive drive forward what what we're trying to do here at Moontown for Indiana and like just it's uh, it's exciting. Right on. Well, you mentioned community, and one of the things I always like to do is kind of as I kind of get kind of the backstory and look at things that you guys have done or your website or whatnot. Uh, I always kind of look for a mission statement. You guys have one, and I wrote down all five of your mission statement. You have quality, hospitality, authenticity, teamwork and community. And there's two I want to zone in on. Sure. Authenticity, community, because you said it first, um, Cody, with community. What, other than what you just have on the website as a definition, what does authenticity and community mean to both of you? Um, I mean, there's there's a lot there. Authenticity still is like everything we do from uh, the beer and, 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 uh, I wish I, I was going to actually prepare this for today because I heard it on podcast today. There's some <laughs> oath for. I like from, when you don't prepare. That's yeah, fine. There, there's a thing from from I think it's the Master Brewers Association that talks about the oath of brewers, and it's to like make a a be honest about your product and not like give something obviously safe, but like it it, it reads really well, and it's a thing again that like you know people want to make. It's funny that loggers are becoming a new trend mm-hmm. uh, because that's what I was trained in, and now it's like and and. and Gordon Pierce went under, and you're like, the slogger makers. Okay, who I don't know who messed that one up, but like, um, it's staying true to the product, and we've been that way from day one. Uh, when I when I came back to Indiana, he introduced me right away to Caleb uh, Mashalki at Sugar Creek, and got in there, and I, that was, and again, I'm trying to hit dates, but that was when when local malt was, and we're getting a bigger rise in that thing too. Yeah, it was just it, getting it started. It was getting, yeah. and he was like, we got a local maltster. I'm like, what? Yes, dude, this is yeah. awesome. Um, and and it's it's so being authentic, like we don't bullshit any of this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually another thing we've been meaning to add to the website is kind of like an explanation of how our approach to beer because uh, sometimes I feel like we're boring or I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because we brew classic to style. Yeah. Some people yeah, have yeah, a yeah, really absolutely. hard time Very accepting that. that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like yeah. when you, again, you come in and you want a Hefeweizen, you want that to taste like a Hefeweizen and it should. Sure. Uh, I'm all for the experimentation. Which it does. Yeah. <laughs> Which it does. I'm all for experimentation and trying those things. But again, we're not we're not doing parlor tricks. There's no gimmicks. Um, yeah. Busting my ass to make the best beer I can for for us, and it's uh, 
it's uh I'm I'm proud of that and yeah I'm yeah. never gonna I don't cut corners I don't you know and and that that staying true to that every day um I don't I don't know where I was gonna I mean it's just like the, anything you just gotta today's job I had one of my farmers couldn't pick up the grain no big deal I'm not trying to dog him. I had to go shovel all that out myself and then clean the bins. That's two weeks in a row. He's had to shovel grain in the rain. <laughs> in the rain. Two weeks in a row, man. Uh, yeah. It's just little stuff Commitment. like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and so that would be the authenticity piece because, again, like, we say scratch kitchen, and it, and it, it, it is demoralizing sometimes when you see people just get jump on the buzzwords, right? But we're using Fisher Farms meat, and the, and the chefs we have back there, Ian and Nick, are so talented, and they drive a great team. And what we're doing from, like, it's so unreal how locally sourced that really is. Other people just get to say that stuff, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't resonate. Yeah. We know we have the community support, though. Our our regulars, sure. we do, and yeah. that, and that I guess that would tie back in the community thing. Yeah, I said it was Bobby's backyard, and it was. Uh, I wish it was kind of mine, although I, I like South Bend. Mishawaka is cool. Yeah, evil uh, check. I've been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I've been there <laughs> so many they, times. They, they, uh, my travels. <laughs> it, it's great though to be in Indiana to be able to to do a brewery in Indiana and do this because uh, I you know again pie in the sky idea for a long time to be able to do that and then do this we we were philanthropy focused too from the from the jump um and we were talking about trying to do like one of our beers on tap being a being a philanthropy beer every month which we're still going to work towards that goal uh you may be familiar with our pines for park series and so that was like the big thing that we like we're like up oh, there's the there that that works we're going to, we donate, uh, you know, proceeds back from each part. We're doing all state, all Indiana state parks. And then we're donating proceeds back from each beer back to the state parks. And it's, it's been around like a grand of beer, which has been pretty cool. Um, and we're going to do all 32 and then maybe like start doing repeats or do some of the other stuff. But so that's bigger community. That's Indiana, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, but again, we're trying to being in a bustling new town, um, and White Sound's busy. They got their sure. hands busy, and so. But we're trying to get involved as much as we can there. Boone County, um, do these things, and it's very important for us to be involved as much as we can with any community outreach and continue to grow those things because they support. They got us through COVID. There's no doubt. Um, we shut down like everyone else, and we had a meeting here. I remember we're sweating bullets, just yep. thinking like, what are we gonna do? Some uh, tough days. Yeah, that was, really, that was tough. Hard pivot. Did carry out. Community came out. First day we did it, boom, busy. Yeah. We're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Kept on through all the way. When we opened at 50%, boom, yeah. came in here, supported us. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah beautiful. and we're we not, ended up having a pretty good 2020. I mean, <clears throat> I'll, 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 I'll stop there and let Bobby explain his thing. But like, that's like, those kind of tie in too to each other. It's being yeah. authentic yeah. and not For being sure. full of shit. Like, yeah, we care and yeah. it's great to be part of the community. I, I want to do more. We want to figure out uh, another small little community one is the um, that was an early thing we picked out trying to do the monthly thing was the uh, Howl at the Moon Town which we do Boone County uh, Humane Society we okay event, bring pets in donate money that night and it's it's my top three favorite events we do every year it's awesome we have costume contests go ahead make it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you well I need to earmark this date man, yeah. yeah costume yeah, contest I'm all the, about that it's the Wednesday before Halloween every okay year. Uh, but he touched on a, a lot of of what you asked um, and talk about our mission statement I think commitment to quality and authenticity really go hand in hand and he he touched on it the commit to, commitment to quality is uh, we know there's a local product that's very quality that's right down the road um, why wouldn't we use that and support it and, and we uh, as local as we are we su- we try to support as many local businesses as we can um, that that involves our from scratch kitchen involves the beer we make with you know 
what is it, 90% of the malt that goes into our beers is from 20 minutes down the road. Um, and that's being authentic, you know, that we, we really mean that when we say it. We care about what's going into the beer, and we right. want it to come from as close to us as we can. Um, the other thing about authenticity, too, is we're not just some owners and uh, operators that people come in and wonder, well, who's running this place? You know, who's, 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 do, who's running the show? Uh, you know, because I'm standing right there behind the bar <laughs> probably pouring your beer. You yeah. yeah. Um, you probably know my name when you come in, and uh, you know who this guy is, too, because he's making this fantastic beer. So um, being authentic, just being ourselves, you know. It's, we talk about simplicity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best, one of the most simple things you can do is just be yourself, and good things generally come uh, come with that. So, yeah, I mean, authenticity is, is key, and uh, I think we do that every single day, truly. Right on. Now, you brought up trends, Cody. So, yeah. you know, the lager trend is your background as a mad scientist and even you, Bobby, is tinkering in the home brewer. Is there any trends that you guys see that are going in a certain direction where you're like, well, I can see us making something that plays into that trend coming out in the next year or so? There's still stuff like, um, I mean, we, I even bought the book back there. It's on the shelf. I, I haven't read it. It was How to Make Seltzers. Um, and... I've always thought as a brewer, you should be able to make anything that's out there, any style of beer, like a good brewer. Like, you really want to call yourself a brewer. And I haven't made them all. I haven't made them all. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm young by a lot of standards anyway, in the, in the coming up on, I think, year eight. But still, uh, like, anyway, you, I don't ever want to chase trends. I think that's a problem. Again, back to not being authentic to yourself. Absolutely. You, that's what yeah. I was going to say, too. Trends yeah. are cool. And I, and I love to throw our hat in the ring. <clears throat> Um, it's kind of funny with the hazy thing, and honestly, like he said Vermont, and it's made me think about. I, I love the way that we make our hazy beer, but I could still see dialing back some of the way we make it, making it more Vermont-esque, which I would say a little less cloudy and maybe a little bit more drier on the finish. But again, we like what bitterness, we make. man. Yeah. Yeah, that's have, what we keep. Yeah, we, we keep don't that. care if our beer is the haziest one you get. It's always going to have bitterness. Yeah, not and, be uh, sweet. That's just. Yeah, that's because that's. Um, yeah, it, it, I hate to go back to your last question, but authenticity, man. Yeah. Uh, when we first opened, we had people asking us, are you going to make the fruited sours? Yeah. Um, are you going to make the seltzers? Are you going to make ciders? And we have nothing against those. Um, we just believe in traditional styles, uh, European styles, and we love IPAs. So, of course, we're going to uh, dabble with the hazy stuff. But uh, just we just... We're true to what we like and what we think is good traditional beer, um, and we've stuck to that. And we think, and I think it's 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 paying off. You know, um, well, that's where you kind of get to this point where you go from a brewery to a beverage company. So, and there's some that fight that, and there's some that embrace that, right? When you get to the scale of a Sun King, where you can have a distillery, you can have sure. seltzers, you can have all these different things. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the scale, and you got one specific sleeve that generates 40% of your revenue. Right. It's a different game, but just trying to tinker and bring some things out just to appeal to a certain section of the masses is not always the best route, right? And if you don't do it well, well, then what do you, like, you know, and that's another thing of, like, yeah. and I, try, I trust myself. I've, I've confident in my ability, but at the same time, I'm not going to be that cocky and be like, ah, yeah. sure, I'm going to put this. And again, good brewers can yeah, sure. And I just, but yeah, we don't, we don't chase the trends. I think we still try to do what we do. Sure. We've got, uh, you know, a, a good amount of haze on these days, but 
That's because, uh, unfortunately, you put a clear IPA out there, and I don't think it's going to move like you, like you would hope it would used yeah. to. Uh, we still talked about that again for our beer lineup this year. We're going to try and work some clear pale ales and, and IPAs in if we can. Uh, we'll see. I was going to comment about this. So this is a, we call it our breakfast stout. Um, by today's standards, someone might call us a pastry stout, but then someone might also call us a fail of a pastry stout. I don't like, I'm not, again, nothing against that style. I wasn't trying to make a pastry stout here. This was a, this is a beer that was inspired by a Founders Breakfast Stout. Mm. Coffee, chocolate. We've added maple syrup to it. Um, local but, but, maple syrup. And then, <laughs> yeah, 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 local. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Love it. And uh, local, local coffee, coffee too. Yeah. Uh. Everything, man. It's, it, it's funny. You look around. You could pick things out in this place, or even outside this place. Yeah, uh, the wooden tables. Everything is local. It really is. Uh, and I will say too. When we, when we first opened, we could have easily, and don't get me wrong, we, we do listen to feedback and we're, we're always appreciative of that, but sure. we could have easily said, oh, you, you're asking for a fruited sour? Sure, we'll make it just because you want it. Um, but we, we chose to be authentic and stick to what we know is, is good beer um, that's been made, frankly, for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and again, it's... It's paying off, and, and people we we think are noticing. We you know said, we're noticing. So. You said it earlier about uh, people will drink good beer, and I think that's, again, it's like you do have to balance what the consumer will drink. Indiana is a funny market as far as what consumers actually want around yes, here. They, what, what yes, national, it is. What national trends are. <clears throat> uh, we've been fortunate again with community support with the locker game, um, and I think we'll continue doing that. And I have to laugh that that's becoming a trend. I'm like, what oh, these beers are beginning been around forever. Newsflash. Yeah. While you guys were drinking there's these flavored reason. things. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason, man. Yeah, there's a reason they were around and they're still around. But yeah. uh, I think, too, to the trend thing, I think it's cool when a brewery can say, hey, oh, that's the trend. Here's our example of it. And I may not stay around or be a mainstay. I think it's cool to do that. And that's back to our sour thing. Um, but because uh, that's a growing category that we probably should put on. But we don't want to make a beer that we just throw a bunch of flavor. Like, I, I, I just don't, we, we don't want to do that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing against any. I've had some delicious ones that I love sampling. Yeah, for um, sure. We get asked to do sours a lot. <laughs> I bet. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, that time will come, you know. Sure. It's just. There's things we want to do. I want to do spontaneous fermentation still. Um, you know, we've got a good, we got a decent barrel age thing going on uh, when I can find time to manage that better. Um, the, uh, there was something else I was thinking that I was going to say to throw at you. Uh, there's, there's so much more in beer. Oh, mead production. I need a different license for that too. And I think you mentioned cider. There's things that like, sure we want to do. We partner with Action Elm. They do a phenomenal job. Yep. Why why even try yeah, to man. mess with that right now? Again, right. back to, I don't, we don't have all those parts yeah. yet. We want to. It's give us some time. And again, maybe we'll realize too, simplicity. Maybe we don't, we're good. Yeah. I want those things, yes. Do I need them? Do we, you know, from a brewing perspective, like the spontaneous firm and all that, like those are huge undertakings that you need a team of people. Like, uh, so uh, it's cool. Loggers are coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I like up. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I like it. Well, in, in my day to day, the guiding principles are always around education, guidance and guidance and counseling. Right. So those are three main staples that I try to envision with everybody I meet. As it pertains to you guys, if somebody came in here as a home brewer, if you imagine yourself as a home brewer and they see the success that you had the last four years, even through the difficulty that we had the last 18 months, whatever you want to call it, 
yeah. it's tough for everybody, but you guys have come through that and you've had the success over four years. If a home brewer came to you tomorrow and said, what advice can you give me? Where do I start? What's in, in as, as succinct as maybe one sentence, what would you narrow it down to in one sentence? If somebody asked you advice, make sure you're passionate about it and don't give up. I mean, again, uh, you know, I had some, some closet beers blow up and, in people's guts, but uh, <laughs> but that you know that that wasn't going to stop me. There was there was a real passion, and um, make sure it's something you love. And if you love it, it'll it should work out. It should mm-hmm. work out for itself. Uh, that's great. I actually heard that piece today about passion, and I, I have to think that's uh, plan, 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 plan. Like you, you, and I. I so you said species <laughs> I'll just say dude, feel free to run on there's run on sentences right plan I just you know <laughs> absolutely uh, but I wanted You're to right. say like about myself is my own problem though it's almost like you well I can't take that step because I haven't planned for that step but I got a plan for that don't let that bog you down but seriously like do due diligence on your business plan see what you want to do and I would almost say um, not that I think we've we've bit off more than we can chew or anything but like start smaller you, you be surprised what you can do about like yep. not needing to do and again part of stepping like this was because we were confident talking about the abilities and like what I yeah there's no I look at some people that have started like which I, we don't even talk about anymore because it's like almost like the common thing is nano breweries being like way small under you know five barrels or less or something like that and maybe you do start there it's yeah. kind of, it's but it, it, I, I, I just plan he said it right though passion is the most necessary thing if this because i think he said too and then it goes back to that authentic authenticity piece we talked about craft beer boom a lot of people see it still see it and they're like oh i see dollar signs man don't get into this you're trying like that's not do you like do you love not do you yeah. like do you love and breathe beer and like craft beer in that community that exists because american craft beer and it's a funny thing with like we've got these side pool faucets from czech republic and European beer culture is a whole other animal, and it's sure. so cool. And um, and again, all that history steeped in beer. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you talk about American beer culture, and it's a whole crazy thing bred from that. And if you're not into that, and you're in this just for a business, like don't even buy like because you you'll have like yeah. be passionate about what this is, yeah. and then again, simplify it. Be like, what are we really doing here? Sure. Let like, we say it a, to- a lot of time to each other. What are we getting this for? beer don't don't yep. get it twisted don't, don't get it complicated it. it's, it's all about it's the beer man just beer it's about beer and um that is again that's that's the community piece there that's brought people together from gener- like generations <clears throat> civilizations like you you've it's been a cornerstone for a long time and to be a part of something like that and be able to do that is just cool right on man all right last question fellas you know i asked this question to everybody i engage with for the first time when they sit down, whether it's coming to me for a first time, they want to learn about something on the wealth planning side. But I think this is a perfect question because I don't like looking out five years or 10 years. I think three years is a perfect time to where you have enough distance to where we can look back and see value creation, right? So if we sat down for a podcast three years from now, what do you guys envision and what do you want to see accomplished for Moontown that if we sat down three years from now, we can look back and say, we're on the right path. We're, we're going to where we want. 
because as it relates to a client of mine, I could say it can be professional, it can be financial, it can be emotional, but what do you want to see achieved for yourself in the next three years where mm -hmm. if we meet again in three years, we can look back and say, yes, mm -hmm. yes, we're, yeah. we're in a better place. So sure. as it pertains to you guys, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, we talk about growth a lot and we, we want to grow, um, but I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking. There's a lot of growth we can do and we've been doing right underneath these walls so i guess the first thing is uh hopefully we're open seven days a week instead of six so we'll be open on mondays be open for lunch every day of the week you know kind of ma totally maximize moontown this location yeah um and then uh maybe another location but again something that's well planned well thought out and not just because we can right it's it's something we're okay with and, and happy doing and able to manage. Uh, the other thing is selective, very selective distribution. We're not, we weren't built on distribution at all. And we're not really interested in being at, you know, I don't know, B-dubs. I hate, I hate using them as examples, but those kind of places. <laughs> Every yeah. liquor store um, in the States. Or the liquor, you, you know, we're not interested in that. We want to be at the, uh, the cool bottle shop that's just as interested in, in us as we are in them. Um, so just just being selective growth is what uh, is what I I'm looking forward to, and I think we're really on the cusp of. Uh, so in the next th three years, I think you will see that. Um, an example is I'm a big golfer. I love uh, being outside and, and thinking of ways to do active things, and how can we incorporate beer into those things? Golf are perfect for that. Our state park series is perfect for that. I mean. Why not go to Turkey Run and mm -hmm. drink a beer while you're, you know, in the middle of your hike or something? So, um, organic, well thought out growth is is what I'd I'd like to see in the next three years, and I think we're on our way to doing that. Fantastic. I it's it's hard for me because again, there's you say there's those multiple levels, and uh, as we talked off camera a bit about being new parents, there's a whole like emotional and, and life balance there too that's come real. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're—I think we're doing a good job doing that still. But but I think uh, in three years, I would like us to see, and I still feel like we are again. It, it's amazing what we're doing with the, with, the, with the team we have. I'm just saying that from like, you see, it's the same people that walk in the store every day that work this place. Like it's the same. You're like, dang, you want to double today? Did you close last <laughs> night? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. And uh, I can't thank everybody enough again for wanting to do like I said before, carry this torch with us and march on with Moon Town, and. Um, I think it's having being being a more well-oiled machine, having those teams in place, so that we do have the time to sit. And, and this is fantastic. We we barely get enough time to meet as we like to, and yeah. so to be able to do that and talk bigger picture stuff and be like, what else can we do, or how can we do better? Those would be big things for me. I mean, you look at the brewery perspective. I would love, to, like I said, I'd love to have that some Sponto ferment fermentation going on, or like. Some, some grow the barrel program those would be things for me that like and I you, you talk three years those those I would hope hone down I would love to have maybe two more people at least on the brewery team like let's mm. start getting things rolling it's hard it's very hard for me to think sometimes about relinquishing duties and growing that way I mean, that that's like a big growth point for me right now is thinking how how can we grow as as business people as owners and then you, you relinquish some things down you have to do that at some point to continue that growth so having a team in place um, 
being a little bit more smooth, well oiled. I liked I liked what what he agreed to. Like, um, it's I, my my. There's so much potential still here, and like we've we've got all, everything that has been growing around us for a long time, and we we've been a destination. But soon we'll have it's not won't be walkable necessarily. It's walkable some, but like sure having the people come in. So it's just, it, this would be a few. Three years is gonna be a crazy transition. For sure, these yeah. homes will be filled around here. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a new, new animal to, to manage. And and again, I think that's like we keep growing with it and seeing, seeing how it rolls out because it has just it's eked up a little bit every year on our business. And uh, and again, these homes are empty still, so it's kind of <laughs> wild to think about. Sure, uh, he said it before. I think lunch, are, I think lunch, all of our days that were open, that's like a big one for me. I think we do that. Uh, and again, that's back to supporting our community and being a spot yeah. where people come in and hang out. Next three years is going to be huge for us, I think. So that's a great, great I want, question. I, I want uh, this beer hall to be a community center. I want people to come in here in day use space. Like that was one. We. It's funny how many ideas we've talked about like day one, and we're we're finally getting to the point where we're like okay, okay, we're finally getting there. We're getting yeah. that goal. Mm-hmm. And as we go back year a year, make goals. But it's like, dude, we talked about that year one. We want to do that stuff, and that's cool. <laughs> Yeah. You are working towards that still, and, and we're like, oh, it's finally been realized. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't even touch on it, but it's the band thing. I was working hard on, again, driving the music. Yeah. We got, we got some, we got some kill. Nothing against, you know, small, small local stuff. We love them, too. But we're getting some good, some big headliner names. Yeah. It's a good point to bring up. There we go. Really, it's always, it's been a goal since day one, but yeah, next three years, I mean, Tad Benoit uh, was a was a nice was feather a in the one, cap, yeah. and that I, was. Uh, I've always said from day one, I do want this place to be known as much as it's known for beer and food and everything as a as a music venue and as um, Indiana's best small music venue. Um, so that's something we're constantly working on, and so in the next three years, absolutely, that's going to be something we're continuing to work on for sure, and getting bigger names and things like that. So. Not that it's, it's always about a big progress. Name. It seems to be a good time, right? <laughs> it well, helps, you know. It but helps. No, but we like it. Hey, man. Yeah. We're big music fans, so, we are. you know, yeah. I've, I've seen so much live stuff that it's like, now we can bring them to our own house, you know, and that's yeah. cool. That's really cool. I so, like it. Yeah. Well, boys, this has been fantastic, man. Hey, Whitestown, Indiana, Moontown Brewing, come check them out. Cody, Bobby, they're here. Cheers. Delicious beer. Come see them. Thank Cheers, you, boys. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, boys. It. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. For the latest on Financial Views with Local Brews, please check out our website at financialviewswithlocalbrews.com. You can also find us on YouTube via our channel there under the same name, Financial Views with Local Brews, as well as follow us on all of our social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, where you can like and connect with us throughout the craft beer universe that we're trying to explore here in the great state of Indiana. As always, cheers. The next round's on me, and I look forward to seeing you for future episodes. Bye, everyone.